0: I love our church. Don't don't you? I do. I just thank the Lord for our church. Um, Greatest thing going in the world is the Church of Jesus Christ. I want to. I want to share a message with you today. um, That's in our series on the Book of Ephesians, and the series title was "Getting Real About Church." uh, Getting real about church. And uh, the first message I talked about thirty-two years in the ministry. and, and the stuff you you see and, and experience, good and bad. Then we talked last week about getting real about the riches and uh, looking at one another last week and saying, uh, hey, don't worry, your father is rich. It's true about the blessings, our spiritual blessings in Christ. And today, today I want to I wanna talk, and we're going to unfold this over the next couple of weeks, uh, a question. Can we help you find your seat? Would you look at Person next to you and say, "You're so blessed to be sitting near me," and just smile at them real big. You're so blessed to be sitting near me. Yeah, just do that, right? Jeez, I forgot to clean my glasses off. Holy moly, game I see menace trees. Anyway, uh, so uh, we're in a series of, from the book of Ephesians, and uh, can we help you find your seat? With a subtitle, it's an invitation from the Holy Spirit and the Bride. So we're starting with a focus on the importance of being seated where God wants us to be seated in our relationships with one another as Christians, in our relationships with the people who aren't Christians who are living in, among us in, in the world and at school and on campus and, and, and on our street. And, and, and in our relationship with God. And God wants to meet us. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you meet with us when we gather together. I'm glad that it doesn't feel like we're in a vacuum of isolation and void of grace and love and faith because your faithfulness just meets us here i'm thinking of the verse lord that says uh at the tent of meeting you, you kept saying i will meet you there above the mercy seat and lord we thank you so much for that but anyway um god god wants us to uh experience the unsearchable riches of grace in jesus christ um, I want to I want to talk to you for just for a couple minutes as we start into this question. Can we help you find your seat? Um, just about why um, I wanted to take some time from now through the fall and and just camp out in the book of Ephesians and use that as a bridge back into the gospel of Luke. And here, here, are some reasons I wrote it down and all my tech people here are so awesome. Tim Skiles is a great slide putter together guy. And he helped me with this. And I realized when I was on the treadmill the other day walking and I, I and I, I'd sent him an unedited and Tim, thank you so much for editing these first couple slides. Cause I was looking at them after I sent them to you. And I was like, Oh, I'm so dumb. Anyway, so here they go. Um, Here's why. Here's why. Look at that. Do you appreciate this? Yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. He wants his church to get strong in the grace so we can release a strong witness of the heart of Jesus and the power of Jesus. The heart of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the heart of Jesus. He wants, our, he wants us as believers, regardless of our denominational tag or background, to release the heart of Jesus. What's the heart of Jesus? Those things. Do you don't know who Jesus is? What he was like? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. But also the power of Jesus. The heart of Jesus and the hands of Jesus. When, when, when the leper needed cleansed, The compassion of Jesus embraced him, but the hand of Jesus released a miracle to him. The hand of Jesus, or the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit, miracles, healings, casting out devils, right? The devil didn't pass away with, he's here. He's on campuses. He's everywhere, right? So we need a powerful encounter that outpowers his encounter. Someone say amen to that. Finding our seat is about living closely, intimate with God and one another, seated with him. We can grow up as a church being his body because the metaphors in Ephesians are real. Audience isn't one of them. But body is. Temples, his living presence. Experiencing the love of family. Family is a metaphor. And giving that love to brothers and sisters, not just saying hi. Hi at the coffee line, but in life, doing life together. Why Ephesians? Because we are to grow as, as his flock, listening to his voice as his sheep, who are led and fed. God's created, before we were born, these paths of righteousness. Ramsey and, and Heather talked about, did you say Bryson? Right? Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. Is that a path of righteousness? Yes. Yes. Right? Before you were born, God ordained that you would run into this guy. And look what happens after that. Yes. It just never ends. That's, that's what sheep do. They hear his voice to find people who can hear his voice. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Why are we in Ephesians? Because it tells us how to walk out in that. I think I said it like a Pittsburgh Inzer, in that. <laughs> to, to grow, as, uh, to grow as his bride, devoted to him. A witness, I wrote this, I thought this up myself. A witness so beautiful that people who have yet to know him want to be invited to his wedding. Amen. <laughs> yes, amen. Why Ephesians? So we could be a church that's standing strong as his army fighting against the powers of darkness, not fighting against Republicans, not fighting against people that see the COVID different than you, not fighting against Democrats, not fighting against Baptists or real Baptists who call it baptism. How do you know if it's a Baptist? Because they call baptism baptism, right? It's true, it's true. How many of you have the gift like me, you can spot a Baptist? I can, I can spot a Baptist. But listen, denominations are not our enemy. Public uh, political parties, the devil is our enemy. And demons, and these dark, invisible animators of hell who are speaking in campus dorms and through people who are smarter than all of us, called professors, and are telling us all the things that we're dumb about and they know. I'm sorry for the stereotype. Give me a better impression and I'll change it. But (laughs) there are dark powers who are blinding and binding the world and they're hell-bent on hindering us from being the revelation of Jesus' glory on the earth. That's why we're going to spend a few more days in Ephesians. I want to take you to a passage before we really get into the seeding idea where Paul gives us his mission statement. The reason why he does it, like Simon said, know your why, he knew his why. I'm going to give you Paul's why. And I believe... That even if you're not a pastor or a teacher or a, uh, your gift is a leadership gift uh, over believers or over in the sight of having a spiritual uh, guidance and authority from God that you use as a servant uh, to help, all believers should have some kind of general idea that's like this. And I wanted to use the message paraphrase from Peterson because it gives it such clarity. Here's what made Paul tick. He goes, this is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise, God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. You know why he wrote that? Because that's before you and I were born. (laughs) I've always wanted to give Paul a run for his money on two verses: that one and the one that says he's the chief of sinners. I'm thinking that's before 1961, September 28th exactly. Jeez, how do you, how can you, what? Anyway, God saw to it that I was equipped, and that's what Growth Tracks about. Dustin Wharton, PhD. It's going to help you find out why you're equipped. Why do you have to be better looking than me? (laughs) I'm kidding. I know, it's not true. Anyway. Next slide. And so here I am, Paul, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. Me too. The unsearchable, inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. How did that get in the Bible? my task is to bring out in the open and make plain what god who created all this in the first place has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along through followers of jesus like yourselves gathered in churches this extraordinary plan of god is becoming known and talked about even among the angels isn't that something to just rock your world right there isn't that cool by the way we had baptismal services a couple weeks ago and people got baptized. Guess what? We're having baptismal service tonight. I know there's at least six high school, middle school kids, or whatever, who are getting baptized. People have asked me, can we come? So parents have been sending me stuff. Here's what my son, my daughter said about how they're looking forward to getting baptized tonight. Tonight. And, and people said, can we? You can come. Ollie and, Ollie and Alexis said, you can come. What is it? Eight-ish? 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 eight-ish right? You come out, and these kids are getting baptized tonight at our church, right? I love it that our church isn't baptizing people once a year. It's kind of like, it, we're, we're like baptizing people, like, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Can we help you find your seat? So, God is asking this question. We, three. He, here's God. God is saying, Can I usher you into this blessing of grace with me? God is asking, will you allow me to usher you to the table of my goodness and my kindness? Like three heavenly ushers, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the best ushers that's ever ushed. God is asking us, each of us, Can we help you find your seat? Let me show you the back story of this in in Ephesians. Remember last week we said that there are things God has already finished? Look at this. For he raised us, past tense, believers, from the dead along with Christ. So he is the Father, God the Father, along with Christ, God the Son. And seated us with him in the heavenly realms... Because we are united with Christ Jesus. It doesn't say we're united with the Church of Christ or the Church of Cleveland, Tennessee. It says we're... Or Southern Baptist. It says we're united. It doesn't say Rome. It says united with Christ Jesus. Yeah. So God can point to us in all future ages of which we are in one as examples of the incredible wealth. I know it's in the Bible. I just found... The incredible wealth of his grace and kindness, look, toward us. Yes. What's toward us? God's incredible grace and kindness. I wonder if that means that he would like to heal people. I wonder if that means he'd like to break People free from dark bondages they've carried even in their Christian life and are afraid to tell anybody about. I wonder if God is leaning toward us and wants to show us kindness and grace that will change us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Again, heaven's voice, the Trinitarian voice. You just saw that there is a Trinity in the Bible. I haven't found the word Trinity in the Bible. No, nope, but I've watched the action of the Trinity right there, and I'll show you another one. Acts 2 5 through 8, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive. Previous verse I didn't have. He, God the Father, made us alive together with Christ, God the Son. By grace you've been saved, by the way. And raised us up and seated. How do you know? You know how he raised Jesus up? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know how he raised you up through that? There's a Trinity right there. The power. God the Father, God the Son. There you go. Anyone says, there's no Show me the word tree in the Bible. Say, oh, I can't show you the word, but I'm going to show you um, this. Isn't that cool to read the Bible and learn stuff? Right there it is. All right, he seated us. But we talk about salvation, then we end it. No, but he, he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? So that... You're saying, well, I think I just read this. You did, but it's another translation. This is a New American Standard. All the Americans read this. And, and he might show the surpassing riches of his grace. Dustin's laughing still. <laughs> that he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Someone say Amen. amen. And that's not all. We've got more. Ephesians 2 17. And he, Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were far away. Wouldn't that be a great thing for the church to do today? Preach peace to those who are far away. There were people in, in, in the in the Bible world of Israel who, according to the Bible world of Israel, they were sinners. And Jesus came to them and preached, the Father wants you. Change your mind about God and especially about what the Pharisees are telling you about God. Change your mind, metanoia, repent. Change your mind about what you've heard about the kingdom because I'm here to tell you about the king and the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Why don't we ever repent like that? He came and preached peace to you who were far away. Oh, and, he, and peace to those who were near. The guys with Bible verses on the foreheads, literally, wrapped around, tied. Bible The God who wrote the Bible right in front of them. And they didn't believe he was God. And he came in t- to them and tried to preach peace to them. The older brother who was mad that the younger brother was in, celebrating at the seat. And he was mad because he worked hard at church. And God never offered it. See, there's people that don't realize. This is why I want to go to Ephesians. Can we help you find your seat? For through him, we both have access in one spirit. All right. Jesus preached the peace. The spirit brings us to access who? The father, father, son, spirit, spirit three-cord strand of Trinitarian action right there. Why did he do it? So then you're no longer strangers and aliens before God, no longer a stranger and alien before Jesus, no longer a stranger and alien before the Holy Spirit, and no longer a stranger and alien in your church. But you're a fellow citizen with the saints. I saw somebody with a saint shirt on out there in the audience today. I'm wearing my Steeler shirt next week. (laughs) Saints. I can't wait to crush them in fantasy football this year. (laughs) (laughs) Fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. So I say, where do you live? Say, with God. There's an author from the last century, and I try to stir up the spirits of these authors that have long been forgotten by many that should never be forgotten. Watchman Nee was one of them. He was raised up by another name as a Chinese uh, young man who was led to Christ through uh, Christian missionaries. He got gloriously converted, changed his name to Watchman Nee. And he wrote amazing books, The Normal Christian Life, other books, my favorite book is called Sit, Walk, Stand. It's a little tiny paperback on the book of Ephesians and you look at it and you go, oh, it's only like about 112 pages long. But it's so deep, it'll take you 112 years to read it because it's one of those. It's really easy to understand, but it's like blows your mind. You got to read the same sentence 28 times. I've underlined like the whole book. <laughs> I bought it for like $2.95 in a bookstore at Southeastern. You can't find it on Amazon probably for less than hundred bucks now. Why? Because that stuff, that stuff it's not lucky charms christianity it's worth well worth 100 bucks to find it anyway he got arrested for preaching about jesus and they m- demanded in prison that he stop preaching and writing about jesus because he was preaching to christians and writing to christians in the prison and converting the communist soldiers and so they warned him to stop and he didn't so i'll tell you later what they did to him but at the end of the day they they executed him. He wrote a book called Sit, Walk, Stand. Um, Here's a couple things from it. I just just have to share it with you. He said, the individual Christian life begins with a man in Christ when by faith we ourselves see ourselves seated with him in the heavens. And then he says this beautiful thing. Christianity begins with a great big done, not a great big do. Isn't that sitting is an attitude of rest we only advance in the christian life in our walk in our war as we have learned first to sit down in our riches to sit down is simply to rest our whole weight our load ourselves our future everything upon the lord we let him bear the responsibility rather than try to carry it ourselves isn't that good and then he says this this is just page 11 Everything I just read to you came from the first 11 pages. God is waiting until you cease to do. When you cease doing, God will begin doing. Woo, man! Isn't that good? Then the one I put on the screen oh, it's already there. Good. Time. there you go. This is the reason I put this one because he had to stand, and he had to war, and he had to die. Just and you know what? They said when he died, he died in peace and faith. Just like Bonhoeffer who died as one of the Flossenberg martyrs under Hitler who had led Nazi soldiers to Christ because of the way he lived his Jesus life. They said during the bombing and right before executed, the, the Nazi uh, soldier that was converted to Christ that talked about Bonhoeffer seeing him for the last time hours before he was hung was standing almost like a light from heaven was beaming on him and the peace of God was flooding his soul. You have to know how to sit so you know how to stand. Come on now. Only those who sit can stand, he said. Who wrote this? A man who had his tongue cut out of his mouth so he wouldn't preach. And so he wrote, and then they cut his arms off so he couldn't write. And he said, our power for standing as for walking lies in our having first been made to sit together with Christ. The Christians walk in warfare alike, derive their strength from his position there. If he is not sitting before God, he cannot hope to stand before the enemy. Watchman Nee knew about the war. The reason why we're starting with this beautiful idea of the riches of God is because in the midst of what we have to walk into and who we have to walk with, and be honest, sometime even in our Christian journey, we get into moments in relationships where it's more of a have to than a want to. Somebody say Amen. But in the riches of Christ, there's a way to walk as a body, as a family, as a flock, as a bride, as an army, an army, and a temple. Um, I want to spend a couple more minutes, and then we're going to pray for people who need ministry from the Holy Spirit. And then I want to designate a time to pray for our Afghan brothers and sisters in Christ and the people of our world, especially our country, who are also battling against uh, this, this new thing of the COVID thing, that God will help us. But on the way there, I want to talk to you just for a couple more minutes. Tracy, it's 1111 right now. This seat I'm talking about, is it a great seat? It's a great seat. Let me tell you why it's a great seat. It's a great seat because it's a grace seat. When God continues to open our eyes, the eyes of our spirit, the eyes of our spirit, to realize, to see this place that he and his goodness has given us To be seated with Him. You talk about an attitude change. You talk about an attitude toward God that changes. An attitude toward yourself that changes. Right? When I think about whether this seat that I'm talking about is great or not, and I think about the grace of God, it makes me realize that someone like me, someone like me, like this is where Paul, my friend Mark Teeter, sent me a text. He was reading Ephesians this week in Ephesians three, and he and he put there and he, the phrase the uh, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And he goes, man, this prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians three, you could just you could just lose yourself in it for days and weeks. And I said, I know, right? And I said, and then I and I said, think about this, Paul was the first one to get this. It's like a Dixie cup under Niagara Falls going. I'm gonna to try to get all this, right? And so when Paul writes this stuff, if you, if, you, if you read it in the Greek, there's no punctuation. Like he doesn't, there's no stop. Where do you put a period at the end? There's no end of this sentence. It's just, here it is, bam. Gosh. So here's the thing where God says in the new covenant to Jeremiah, he says that you won't have to say to people, know the Lord. And intellectually because they 'll all know me like Joseph knew Mary right and Abraham knew Sarah you know what new means in the tent marriage intimate God says you'll all know me meaning meaning you'll intimately know me how here 's how because I will release my I really know you, and now you're gonna. I'm gonna release that knowing through the mercy and forgiveness of their sins. Yes. And I'll do that from the least to the greatest. Now, God doesn't have any least and greatest, but He knows we do. And He knows whether we say it or not. Whether we even want to or not. Hey Odd, I just saw you through the lights. Even though we want to or don't, even though we want to be kind to everybody, we have, we have, we all do, and even if God's working on us, we still do. We have a subconscious rating system of people. Maybe you all don't. Pray for me. I'm still working on it. <laughs> And we have good, bad, and all this stuff. Least, even Christian, least to greatest. And he says, from the least of the greatest, they will all experientially know me. That means that you and I. Listen, I don't even know how I handle being able to see Jesus face to face. And I know why, and I'm just preaching out whatever's coming to me right now. But you know in the book of Revelation where they see the lamb and they see the king and all that and they have crowns on their head and they keep putting the, they 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 cast their crowns down. I mean, this, I got probably where casting crowns got this so. They're casting their crowns at his feet. It's in a tense of Greek that says they keep on doing it. It's almost like God keeps trying to put the crown on, but they've seen him and they know, hey, this crown only can only be one place. Okay. I don't even know what it will be like to see Jesus. But listen, I'm kind of looking forward to sitting. Can you imagine if God says, Tim, you get to sit by the Apostle Paul. I'll be like, oh, my God. He'll be like, what did you do for me, for God? I'll be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. And Peter will say, out of 32 years of ministry, you only preached my letters like You know, they quoted one verse like three times in 30 years. Didn't have time to preach my book. Did you ever think of that? You want to sit by by Jude and you go, hey, Jude. And he says, you didn't have time to preach my 27 verses or whatever. While you were talking about six steps to this and 14 steps to that and how to live your best life now, you didn't have time for me. I was Jesus' biological brother. I think somebody's going to sit by those guys. Someone's gonna sit by watchman knee. Did you hear what I just said? Someone's gonna sit by and he's gonna have his arms and all that then. He's gonna say, and he won't do it, but I'm just being. Tell me the struggle you went through. You had to go to church in the rain? Well, he said he'd never give us more than we could handle. (laughs) And he knows the plans he has for you, not to hurt you. You're never even going to get a sniffle for Jesus. Nothing. Just quote it. Oh, please, let me get back to it here. Uh, Meanwhile, in Afghanistan, anyway... Send them a tweet that says you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. While you're hoping that makes you drop that shot at the foul line. Americans. God is so busy making sure America finds their dream. They don't even think about the Afghan Christians. What kind of seat is this we're gonna be in awe but you know what we're already there positionally not only awe but honor now here's the thing here's my subconscious pushback the honor is on us of course we can see the honor. How do you honor Jesus enough, right? That's, here's the thing. It's like Simon Peter saying, after Jesus uses uh, his, his power and grace to make Simon Peter's nets fill up with fish to the point that he has to yell down the shore for his partners to come help him. After it all happens, you know what Simon does? Simon says, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. In the chosen version, he says, raise your head, fisherman. Mm, I love that. Don't be afraid. From now on, you, you are going to catch men for me. The honor is on us. And God is asking this question to the church. Can we help you find your seat? I wonder what Jesus' blood actually did for God the Father, to show us that he's always wanted to lean toward us with kind intention. He who did not spare his own son. You tell me if you understand that. I'll never understand that. And that means that this seed is so great that God has given us permission to live and love freely. Freely you've received, Tim. How about freely given to your least and your greatest? Remember the title? Can we help you find your seat in the subtitle? An invitation from the Spirit and the Bride. And the Bride. Can't give a great invitation like that until you and I see it. Thus, Paul prayed two times in these six chapters, two times, that God, even after we've learned everything in the Bible and read it once, would keep giving us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know this thing. How many of you are glad you came to church today? One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. And before I do the next one, well, you, you see it up there. Keep it up there. It's fine. I was going through a real tough in my life once. Real, real tough time in my life once. Ever been through one of those? And during one of them, in the volume and chronicles of the many, I worked at a recording studio in Nashville, not in Nashville, no, in Fort Ashby, West Virginia. <laughs> I know. And my friend... Great guy, awesome entrepreneur, who had a great studio in Fort Ashby. Actually, it was Short Gap on the way to Fort Ashby. Short Gap's the smaller suburban part of the metropolis, Fort Ashby. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I had been a youth pastor at two places, and uh, the second place. I found myself not being a youth pastor because of some stuff that was going on there at that church. And the next thing I knew with two little kids living with my parents and then my wife's parents for 15 and a half months, I needed to find a job waiting, waiting on God to give me the strength so I could do all things through Christ. <laughs> so I'm working at this recording studio and, uh, and I'm listening to WCBC as most pastors who wonder if God's ever gonna use them again in their life would do. And J.R. Roby had a call-in thing. He had two tickets to tonight's Pittsburgh Pirates baseball game against the Chicago Cubs. And I thought to myself, I've never won a thing in my life, why even try? And something inside of me said, dial the number. So there was a phone, I dialed the number, I get through, they said, guess what, you've won. I'm like, you gotta be joking. I won two tickets, so I'm thinking, I will ask my nephew, who was one of the coolest cats I knew at that time, who is now uh, Michael now, formerly Cotton Jones, formerly Paige France, I asked Mikey now at the time if he wanted to go to the game with me. So we jumped in the car over to Pittsburgh. We went two tickets. Oh, I did stop by to get them at the radio station. Got them, got there. I've been to some baseball games before, had some great seats. These were OK seats. And, and it was at, uh, where was I? It was at Three Rivers Stadium. That's how old I am. Any old people here remember Three Rivers Stadium? Ever been there? All right? Me too. Guess what? I know Bob Robertson, do you? Brag, brag. <laughs> No, but he he played for them. Pittsburgh Pirates, 1971. Hit three home runs in one game in the playoffs. His daughter is Janine, who's married to Tim Civic. They go to our church. Bragging rights. Anyway. Anyway. So we're there, and the seats aren't too bad. We just sit down, and this guy and his son come up to me and goes, Hey, man, excuse me. I got, we we can't stay. He's a doctor. He just got called out. He said, unfortunately, I got to leave. He goes, I see you with your son. I said, it's my nephew. He goes, whatever. He goes, would you like our seats? And I thought, what is this? How much do you want? I said, how much? He goes, nothing. I said, are they good seats? He said, see the dugout? Pirates dugout? I go, yeah. He goes, you can put your feet on there. I forgot to let you know. It was my birthday. And when that guy said to me, you can put your feet on there. and You can judge me if you think this is just me making it up. But the Holy Spirit said to me, happy birthday, Tim. God, God, he's so good, man. I promise you that. I sat down there and yelled at Mark Grace, first baseman for the Cubs, Ron Sandberg, all those guys, and we beat their spikes off of them that night. Barry Bonds, Andy Vance, like my, one of my best friends who doesn't know me, but we, and God, God did that for me. Can I remind you where I was sitting in a recording studio and just thinking, are you ever going to get? what happened? Hindsight's 2020. And most of your hindsight thinks the reason I'm here is because I'm a ding dong. But you know what? You can't stake your future on a hell of a past. I didn't write that. Bob Dylan did. But isn't it true? And as the great theologian Don Henley said, you see a deadhead driving in the Cadillac and someone says, don't look back, don't ever look back. And I think Boston even added that from God. Don't look back, a new day is breaking. We can go on and on. Fleetwood Mac said, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. All these scriptures, anyway. But yeah, but God said, forgetting those things that are behind. You can't look back and focus on the hell of yesterday and live in the heavenly riches of tomorrow. And here's the good news. You don't have to because God is so good. That he likes to really show his good when you feel like you're not. And where I wanted to end this and land this plane was where we ended it last week. For those that are in the room and those that are watching and those that will watch and those that are listening and those who will and those who need to listen and watch this four more times because if you grew up in the cloister of legalistic church, and law-oriented gospel where your Christianity is a have-to and a muscle-up or you don't get the blessings, that you have to fast and beg your way to convince God to give you what he already has put in front of you. If you're that person, you have to listen to this three, four more times like I probably need to too. This message is for you. This message is for you and it's for me it's for these people last verse then he said to me he is an angel in the book of Revelation he said to me John who's on the Isle of Patmos a brother in suffering for the gospel and the testimony of Jesus Christ and he just saw vision of the future marriage supper of the Lamb in such vivid detail. And he heard the angel say this, Write, John, write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Amen. Blessed. Let me give you my definition of blessed. You know like when you've really experienced something cool or you've read a book that's just and and someone says what what was it like and you and, and you don't know how to put it in the words so you go it was mind-blowing and they know what you mean you didn't explain all the details but they know it's like wow or it's like you know the the, the, the series the chosen which I'm still trying to get people to watch dear man you need to watch the chosen man it's free It'll change you, man. Right? And you say, it was, it's mind blowing. See, when Paul is, is telling us all this stuff, do you got a couple more minutes? When Paul is telling this stuff about the riches of Christ, and he's saying, here's what he's saying. He's, look, whoever's writing this for him, because I think it's Tychicus or whatever, whoever, I can't remember. At the end, he mentions who. But I think he looks at him and says, you know what? This is blowing my mind. I don't know how to explain this. And we think, I'm so glad you tried. And he says, I'm trying to speak to you the unspeakable. I am trying to drain the dregs of this Work of God for people. I am trying to preach and Make clear what you could never understand, but boy you can get it enough to just like me have your mind blown I think blessed is that When Jesus said blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of God is yours. They didn't go. Oh, well wow, blessing he was saying listen If you realize you are totally bankrupt spiritually and you are hungry for something that you can't earn? Oh, man, are you in a position to have your mind blown? Because I'm gonna, God, he wants to give you the whole kingdom. Now, how do you explain the whole kingdom of God? You just say, well, it's kind of like nets and fish. It's kind of like, but it's kind of like. So John went past the kind of like to, I see it. And you know what John did? And I didn't put this verse up there, but after the angel stopped speaking, John got on his knees in front of an angel and started worshiping. He was that blown away. They lost c- control of his senses. And the angel says, stop doing that. I'm a fellow servant like you. Worship God. And then he says this. Oh, man, come on. For the testimony of Jesus is the true spirit of prophecy. I hope the church gets that. This is a testimony of Jesus. And he says to you and me, listen, John's trying to say, where you've already been positioned. And he's writing to this first group of Christians in seven areas of Asia Minor who John knows is going to experience probably for the next 200 years a holocaust of persecution. Thus, why God sent this revelation to John for the Afghan who, like John, are brothers and sisters who might literally wash their robes in the blood. See how these things change in context when you're in the context of the lamb. And he's telling them, brother, hold on. I saw the marriage supper of the lamb. And I'll tell you what, you're in this now, but I've... It's mind-blowing. Now, here's the thing. The next part I wanted to throw in there, too. The Spirit says about that, come. And who else is supposed to say that? The metaphors are real. What are we supposed to be saying? And what are we supposed to be seeing in order to say it the way we'd say it when we saw it. Jesus said, you know, I've got a thought. You know how people are just rooted deeply, entrenched in their disobedience, and you've been trying with your tweets and your Facebook posts to convince certain communities that are lost how deeply rebellious they are toward the living God? Here's a thought. Why don't you find out about the kingdom of God in such a way that when you present it, someone is going to think, you know what? I'm going to sell everything I own to make sure I don't miss that. What are we telling people? Did anybody just hear what the Holy Spirit just said? Let me tell you what's better than the four spiritual laws. Beautiful feet up on a high mountain saying to the world, God reigns. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and look at this, and let the one who hears... Anyone have ears to hear? I mean, there's a difference between listening to a sermon and hearing God speak through a flunky preacher. And let those who hear say, what are we supposed to say? And this is the best part. And let the one who is perfect come. Mm -mm. Let the one who has repented deeply (laughs) come Let the one who promises and vows I'll never do it again I swear God God says you don't have to swear you're invited to the banquet and let the one who is thirsty see that's the key there are people who aren't thirsty and then there are people who are deeply thirsty, but their church is dead, and their Christian parents are dead, and others are legalists, and others who have been saved for 4,000 years are still trying to get saved this coming Sunday. And if I preached it in a certain tone, would be the first ones to once again come and repent at the altar of Moses. Let those who are... Anyone hearing this today? I'm going to get in trouble for this if certain people watch. people come spy out your liberty and let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes when you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are Disney offers a better benefit (laughs) everything your heart desires now listen I love Disney But you know what Jesus said? I came down here, my father. Nathaniel, yesterday, when you were under the fig tree, young lady, when you were in your dorm room, dad, when you were driving up into the driveway, wondering how you're going to be the guy, that you're not, I saw you, I saw you. When you blew your innocence one more time, and you thought, if I told my youth pastor, I couldn't be on the leadership team anymore, And that's all it takes for some people to go, you're the king of Israel. (laughs) You believe because of that? Oh, Nate, I'm going to blow your mind. That gospel, that gospel might actually make people who used to follow Jesus everywhere when the Pharisees only wanted to follow him to see what he did wrong, mm. who don't follow us anywhere, not even on social media. The only people that amen our statements are us. What if there's another way? I wonder if there is a more powerful evangelical thrust. Anybody listening? You got anywhere to go? Take the water of life without... Say it. Stand to your feet, please. Sorry if that sounded bossy. Stand to your feet, please. You must conform to me. All right, around this altar, there's nothing magical about the altar, except, nothing magical, but there's a grace that happens when people come out and down from the sycamore tree or out from behind the whatever or instead of saying, you know what, I've been here 37 years and I always wait for the angel to stir up the water. But every time I go to do it, you know, the kid wants to go get a drink right at the altar call. What am am I supposed to do? But there's something that happens when you are thirsty. And you don't care if people wonder if you're coming to the altar because you're struggling with a compulsion to be a serial killer. Or you're going to scandalize the whole wide world with your mistake. Or You're a spiritual leader in the wonderful house of the Lord and you already went to the altar in 1983 and what are they going to think? You know. But if you're thirsty and you need, you need, you just need you know how many people get found after being in church their whole life long how many testimonies I've heard of people said you know I, I went to church for 20 years and then I got Jesus in my life maybe there's somebody in this room and you're just thirsty when I said that thing about describing the kingdom in such a way that you're willing to everything you're saying to yourself right now Holy Spirit's saying to you he might be right I know he's got Chuck Taylor's on and that's not sanctified but He might be right. I saw you. And I see you. And I'd like to crown you with kindness today. If that's you. When these guys begin to sing, why don't you just come out from among them? just come down with your hands of your heart wide open and say, you don't have to pray a prayer. You don't have to quote the Nicene Creed. You know, you can just say, Lord, I'm so thirsty. Lord, I'm just so thirsty. I'm just so, I'm lost in the house of my friends. I'm so wayward. I, 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 are you telling me that I can sit the seat of the saints and be served by the one I've been told I need to serve, yes. The Spirit and the bride say come and whoever is thirsty come and take of the water. The Holy Spirit is so powerful in this place right now I can't really stand it. Would you come and just let God send your way forgiveness if you need it according to the riches of His grace. Powerful deliverance if you need it by the great work of His blood. A sense that you are in the family according to the kind intention of His will. If you're going to get baptized tonight and you just want to get a dose of something of grace before you even get here tonight, here it is for anyone who is thirsty. And if that's not you, I'm going to ask you to do this. There are thousands and thousands of people, Americans, Afghanis, men, women, kids, Christians in Afghanistan. And, the, and, the, and, and what's been said out for the press from the Taliban is that they're, they're going to be all right, they're going to watch, they're going to. But what's come through uh, other sources, what really is going on? is that, they, that, that some of the people who are leaders, there's like five to 7,000 leaders of Afghan origin who converted from Islam to Christianity who are pastors and house teachers and things, they've been told that when they're found, they're going to be burned alive. And there are some American believers and leaders who are raising money. I know one guy that raised $20 million in two days and has some helicopters and has some planes. If our state department allows them to go, they want to go over there like the Brits during the Battle of Dunkirk that went out there in those ships, civilian ships, and got those people out of there before, before the, the Nazis, the, 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 before the enemy came to kill them all. There are people like that in America ready to go. There are military vets ready to go and help all that. Here's what I want you to do with me. I can't even hardly stand to think about this. But here's the thing I don't want to be a part of the psycho babble Christian world of America that can't stand to look at truth because it's too psychologically traumatizing. We got to buck it up. The army of God, we got to get over it, man. Things aren't going to get better before they get worse. Let me just tell you that. I want you, if you would, to join me in prayer. People all over America, there are people from Afghanistan pleading with the West, fast and pray for us. There are people saying, I'm willing to die for my faith here. Right? There are people around the world who are willing to die for a faith that some in America and the West aren't even willing to live for. May the Lord put upon us a passion. They're our brothers and our sisters. They are our brothers. The metaphor about the family of God is real. They're our brothers. They're our sisters. Before we get out of here, let's pray for them. And let's pray with all this pandemic and and what's going on. You know what? I want to pray that people don't get sick. I want to pray all that. But what I want to pray more is that the body of Christ gets set free from the demonic divide over this issue. What in the world? What in the world? The issue is... Let the spirit and the bride say, come. That's the issue. May God set us free from any other impulse. And be about this. What's best for my brother? What's best for my sister? What's best for others? That. However God reveals that to you. Do that. And don't let anybody press you in any other way but let's be the body, the family, the flock, the temples, the bride, and fight that devil. Come on. In Jesus' name, come up out around here and let the Lord just bless your life, blow your mind. And the rest of us, let's pray, let's pray. Now we were gonna have a business meeting, We got late word from the guy that we're going to work with who said, if we will hold back on that, he has way better. He's got more information that he wants to give that he thinks would give us a better read and a better awareness of what we can do. So we're going to push back that. If you came today for that, I'm sorry that, uh, you made a special and I'm sorry for that, but, uh. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to wait to tell you that, I didn't want to put a wrench in the thing, but we're going to have that, but we'll get that information and then we'll set it up so we get a really good, when we, when we talk to you, we'll be able to give you a lot more good stuff than we can give you today. And I wanted to wait on that. So anyway, we already got someone up here. Let's pray. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. I, I broke the rules. I went way too long. Don't look at me. Don't judge me. I just want to make sure you got thirsty. Jesus, Father, wonderful Holy Spirit, we're going to give you a little bit of time here to put the crown of grace that Jesus bought on your people, bless them, and we're going to take some time to pray for our brothers and our sisters and for miracles to happen for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.